Saturday with Colm O'Mungon on RTE Radio 1. You're welcome back. Still with me here in studio are Fine Gael Minister for State for Public Health and the National Drug Strategy, Hildegard Nocton, Sinn Féin's Owen O'Brien and also People Before Profit TD, Gino Kenny. We're going to look now at the rise of measles across Europe and concerns of an outbreak here. So far, one man has died in Leinster and as of February 10th, there were a total of nine further suspected cases reported. The European Centre for Disease Control has forecast there'll be an ongoing rise in measles in the coming month due to what they describe as a suboptimal vaccination rate amongst populations. In this country, the take-up rate for the measles, mumps and rubella vaccine, that's <clears throat> otherwise known as the MMR, has dropped to below 90% nationally, with counties such as Louth and Meath reporting a take-up of less than 80%, Southwest Dublin on over 90% by contrast. The question of whether to vaccinate a child is entirely a matter for parents, but that can leave childcare providers in a difficult and potentially dangerous situation. They're calling now for more guidance on how to deal with children who aren't vaccinated I've been speaking to Elaine Dunn. She's the chairperson of the Federation of Early Childhood Providers and I began by asking her how concerned her members were about measles. I think that because it's coming into the forefront of everything now at the moment, we're seeing members are questioning like their policies and different things. So we have to rethink things and I would hope that we would get some kind of guidance from the Department of Health and the Department of Children on it at this stage just to see where we're going with this and, and what we have to do to protect everybody within our services if a case comes in. And are you talking about a step-by-step guide if a child presents, if they have something that looks like symptoms, what the protocols are with regard to sharing information, contacting the parents and maybe seeking advice on vaccines? Is that the kind of thing you're looking at? Well, we already have all this. We have a policy that is in already. So if a child comes in and they're unvaccinated, there is a policy there of guidance that you have to follow. And I, I would presume that most services in the country have that policy in place. But I think because like we've heard that death in, in our country, that's quite worrying that somebody has already died from the measles. And like we have vulnerable children within our services and we have to remember that and make sure that we're doing the right thing by all of the children within the service. So that's why we'll be looking for more guidance. So what's the situation currently when it comes to creches and preschools and looking at the evidence of vaccination when children come to register. What do you need to seek in terms of evidence of vaccination and what are you entitled to? So I I can only speak for my own service. So for my own service, we look for a copy of the book with all the vaccines in it. And the parents give us a copy of that and that goes on file to show that the, the child has been fully vaccinated. And if a child isn't vaccinated... I mean, do, do you think twice about taking them into the service or do you, does it just inform the protocols you'd have in place if there's a suspected outbreak of a disease? We just give them a copy of the policy that we have in place, which you know clearly states that if there is an outbreak of anything like measles or that in our service, that a child will be um, excluded from the service at that time. How does that work? So if there's a suspected outbreak, you would ask parents of an unvaccinated child to keep that child at home, is it? To keep the child at home. And the parents are made very aware of that from the day they come in. That policy will be given to them straight away. Like we would ask for the vaccine, uh, their book, and they say, oh, we, did, we haven't vaccinated our child. And that policy is given to the parents straight away. OK. And who do you have to have that policy in place? And if so, who, who inspects you with regard to how detailed your policy is? So we, yes, you do have to have that policy in place because obviously it protects yourself and it protects the other children within your service. So we do, by TUSLA regulations, we have that policy there. And it's TUSLA coming in and they go through all of your policies and procedures. Um, 
when they come in and do an inspection. All right. So there's kind of, and is there a standard pro forma policy that you have the option to use or is, is it something you have to draw up yourself against certain guidelines? We don't draw up any of our policies. We, we buy them from uh, companies that look after the, our sector. And would every facility that, that you know of do that? Well, I, I would hope so because it, it is, um, when TUSA come in, they do inspect those policies. And that's one of the policies they will look for. And do you have to seek similar evidence when you're hiring staff? Would you look for their vaccination status? No, I don't. Staff are frequently young women when, when who are working in child care facilities who could become pregnant. So they, they would be a particularly vulnerable group, but that's not something that's inspected or standard, having, having a look at the vaccination status of staff. No, I, I have. Well, personally, I have never done that, but I do ask if they become pregnant. Have you had, to, for their own protection, have you had the vaccinations because like chickenpox or any of those kind of viruses can cause problems within pregnancy? So we we would we would ask have they had vaccines at that time. And apart from the guidance from Trussell and the inspection, is there any other kind of updated guidance at a time of an outbreak? Is there any follow-up news bulletin that goes out childcare providers? Well, normally the Department of Children will send out some kind of guidance to us if there's an outbreak in the service. Um, but I, I kind of, at this point, I would be asking the Department of Children to maybe start looking at it now, not to wait for an outbreak to happen in the service, but to act now and be ahead of it. You know, I, I would prefer if we had some formal guidance now as to what the Department of Health might want us to do or what the Department of Children might put in place for us to support us, because I, do, I don't think we're going to escape. The former Health Minister, Simon Harris, back in 2019, uh, said he was looking at the possibility, the legal possibility of granting childcare facilities the right to exclude children on the basis of their not being vaccinated. Is that something that you'd welcome, you'd favour, or do you think it's it's a matter of discussion at all amongst owners or providers? I, I know at the time, I think it, it didn't come through, that that didn't actually happen. So I wouldn't like to uh, exclude any child from my service, and I'm only speaking for my own service. It would be something I'd like to survey our members on, maybe to have a conversation on, because it's, you know, it is and it will happen in, in services at some point. And we have to be real about this. We're not all going to escape, uh, you know, having an outbreak of measles in our services. But I wouldn't like to personally exclude any child. It's, we're all about inclusion. And that was Elaine Dunn, chairperson of the Federation of Early Childhood Providers, speaking to me there. Uh, Minister Hildegard Nocton, uh, as Elaine Dunn ex- explained, they're obliged to have a policy, but there's not a standard policy or protocol, should there be one. First of all, Colm, I just want to um, pass on my condolences to that man who passed away in the Midlands recently. And I know we don't discuss specific details of individual cases, but I just want to express my condolences nonetheless. And to really get the message out there to parents that really the most important thing you can do here to protect your children is to get vaccinated, uh, to get that MMR vaccine. Um, And you can go to your GP and your child can be vaccinated free of charge. And if anyone is worried about their vaccination status or they're not sure that the advice is there, if you contact your GP, and what we want to do is just get that message out there. Before Christmas, the HSE launched a catch-up programme which uh, was being offered to GPs and that was aimed at children between 14 months and 10 years of age 
um, and I know that they want to ramp up that catch-up programme again All right, but uh, and there, continue there are, that work. There are people of the age of uh, 18 or 19 who are, whose parents may be made decisions on the basis of the disinformation associated with the um, with the Wakefield report that was, that was uh, discredited uh, some time ago, but there are also now people who are making the choice not to get children vaccinated at rates below 80% in some cases. So if people aren't availing of the catch-up programme, what are childcare facility owners supposed to do with a large cohort of unvaccinated people at a time of a measles outbreak? Well, I think we need to continue with the, the campaign around raising awareness. Um, like I know when I was a child that we all got vaccinated we got the, the the two jabs and i think we need to always be raising awareness with different generations as they're coming through around the importance of the vaccines and you are correct in that I think it's one in five young men uh, between the ages I think of 18 and 19 are unvaccinated and that does put them at risk um, and we really need to be raising awareness and alerting people to I suppose, measles and the impact that can have on your health and to raise awareness in, in relation to that. I know the HSE is working right. on that and looking at potentially expanding the programme for different groups of people. Uh, I know one is happening at the moment for older teenagers and potentially even looking at a, a broader vaccination programme. But the message here is get vaccinated, contact your GP if you're in any doubt about whether you have been vaccinated previously. All right. Uh, Owen O'Brien, people who are, are minded to listen to those kind of appeals will probably already have uh, their children vaccinated. For There are people who can't be vaccinated and there are people who won't vaccinate their children. And in the middle, you've got childcare providers who want mm. to know what to do. What would your prescription be? Well, the first thing is we do have to address the <clears throat> fall in the level of vaccinations, that 95% rate, which is critical for herd immunity, uh, obviously uh, isn't being met. Uh, and primary uh, our public health nurses have a key role to play in this because any parent wants to do the right thing by their child. Uh, and therefore, we need to ensure that parents not only have the right information, but they have that information from a source that they trust. And obviously, GPs are key, but public health nurses are also key. The difficulty is we have 50 less public health nurses now than we had pre-COVID. Uh, if you come to Clondalk and to Lucan or to Tala in our own part of Dublin, it's very, very difficult to get a public health nurse. So for me, the most urgent thing is to ensure not just that we have public information. Uh, I fully support the minister's call for the ramp up of the catch up vaccination programme but to properly resource the public health nurse system so that in those areas where vaccination rates among certain groups of young people are falling as low as 80%, there is a targeted, uh, coordinated uh, uh, focus on ensuring that parents have the right information because it is very confusing um, and we shouldn't demonise uh, parents who have questions. We shouldn't try and marginalise or exclude people. We need to make sure parents have access to good quality information from trusted sources. I also have to say with respect to childcare uh, providers, if they're asking for guidance from the department, they should get that as quickly as possible. Uh, I wouldn't favour... Uh, the Do you think it should in in include clarity on the issue as to whether or not people who, who aren't vaccinated, if, if there is a, a growing outbreak, whether or not they should be asked not to come uh, to childcare facilities on occasion? Well, first of all, let's not uh, uh, panic at this stage. Uh, I think uh, if we're having a conversation about excluding children from childcare, then the system has clearly failed. So I'm not arguing for that. What I'm saying is the priority has to be to get the vaccination rates up. But that has to be done by empowering parents to make good decisions, giving them good quality information and ensuring that information is from trusted sources. If government focused on that and ramping up the number of uh, uh, public health nurses, I think we'd be in a much stronger position. Okay. Gino Kenny, what would you like to see yeah. uh, to, to support? 
support uh, the likes of Elaine Dunn, who's who's calling yeah. there for clarity in terms of formulating a policy and informing parents at an early yeah. stage, but yeah. before they're dealing with things in the middle of an outbreak. Yeah, and it's, I think it's a very fair point, and I think common sense uh, should prevail in relation to any vaccine, and no child should be excluded, and no vaccine should be compulsory by any means. And we've seen um, during the pandemic, the vast majority of people, uh, you know, uh, took um, and uh, the vaccine in relation to um, COVID. So it's important in relation to um, what kind of education people get in relation to um, vaccines in the first place, because there was uh, a kind of a campaign of disinformation. And obviously that then had a kind of a knock on effect for particularly uh, about 18, 19 years ago in relation to children getting the MRI. So, you know, with the, yeah, the MMR, sorry, yeah, 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 yeah oh, sorry, the MRI, um, MRI, or so that's really important that you know people get the right information because if you get the wrong um, information, then you know there will be a kind of a, a, a fallback in relation to the uptake of that vaccine. All right, uh, Hildegard Nocton, what's your understanding of, of of where we are? Obviously, we we have had that one fatal case. It's there is warning now about people travelling to continental Europe where the rate of vaccination is worse than it is here. But uh, what's the government's state of preparedness for issuing maybe uh, more regular updates on what the state of play is, where those outbreaks are occurring and what should be done in response to that? So we have the National Immunisation Office. Um, they're carrying out tracking and tracing constantly uh, in the background here. We have HSE public health teams along with the HSE measles national incident management team. They're all, again, uh, working in relation to case management, contact tracing. Uh, but I think we need to be looking at, and I think the word trust comes up here, which is really, really important, uh, looking at GPs, maybe the role of pharmacists in this, uh, walk-in clinics, making it easy for people to access these vaccines uh, through right. trusted sources uh, and I know that the HSE are working on this in ramping up uh, the vaccination okay. um, programme across the country. All right, we'll take a break. We're going to look at the legal loophole that's preventing maybe thousands of people whose mortgages were brought up, bought up by vulture funds from bringing their complaints to the Financial Services Ombudsman after this. Saturday with Colm O'Mungon on RTE Radio 1.